This is Larry Bertrand. I'd like to welcome you to another lesson in the Explore the Bible series. We now move into the book of 2 Thessalonians. This is lesson number one out of four in 2 Thessalonians. This lesson is scheduled for May 8, 2022. Christ enables believers to persevere with faithfulness. So the memory verse for today's lesson is <clears throat> chapter 1 of 2 Thessalonians, verses actually 11 and 12. Paul writes, With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every uh, deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So today's passage covers 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 3 through 12. And as we look at these verses, please notice how Paul emphasizes the need for perseverance, for hanging in there, staying with it. He's, and also I want to help you understand the importance of never giving up and the importance of finishing well, or as some might say, finishing strong. We'll look at three distinct messages Paul wanted to communicate to the church in Thessalonica. As I teach, I want to remind you that I've, I've included, for those of you that receive this email with a link, I've included the Bible Project, which is a, a quick, short uh, outline of the book of 2 Thessalonians, uh, if you want to find it, you can go to the Bible Project slash 2 Thessalonians, and it'll give you a video that you can watch. It's, it's a less than 10-minute video. So as we look at today's lesson, uh, keep on going. Uh, you know, this statement applies to many areas of our life, staying with it. If you start playing a, a sport, you know, stay with it through the end of the season. Um, a lot of reports have emerged about paramedics and uh, first responders continuing to do their work in uh, Kiev, uh, Ukraine, uh, despite uh, the dangers that they're going through. Um, they uh, anticipate that things will be difficult for them, and one young uh, uh, Ukrainian, 25-year-old Valdemar uh, paramedic remarked that he is determined to keep doing what he is doing and vowed to do so until the end of the war and beyond. It's a great attitude of keeping on. So have you ever felt like giving up? Think about a time when maybe you have a, a what? What kept you moving forward, going on 
when you were feeling that way. The church at Thessalonica was struggling. <laughs> they wanted to quit, but Paul provided encouragement to stay the course. So let's, we look at the background of this first lesson. Paul entered Greece, you remember, for the first time during his second missionary journey after their stay at Philippi. We can read about that in Acts chapter 16, uh, the first 40 verses. Uh, he and his companions moved on to Thessalonica. Uh, their opposition intensified, as we read about uh, earlier in these lessons. It, it intensified, and after a relatively short ministry, they left. Remember, they were only there three weeks, and they left for Berea. A short time later, while in Corinth, Paul uh, composed his first letter to the Thessalonians, and this correspondence dated around five, around 50 A.D. Uh, it was probably one of the first or earliest known letters of Paul. Many scholars believe Paul wrote his second letter to the Thessalonians not long after. Uh, there's a lot of similarity in, in the two books that suggest that um, Maybe only a few weeks passed uh, uh, before the letter was written. Uh, at most, uh, one or two years would have been uh, would have lapsed between the writing of the two letters. Like Paul's initial letter, Second Thessalon Thessalonians was sent with the blessing of his traveling companions Silas and Timothy, and also similar to the first letter. Um, he opens with a brief blessing and a prayer for grace and peace to the Thessalonians. He demonstrates his ongoing concern for them, and he assured them that uh, that uh, he assures them of his prayers and of his gratitude for their love and spiritual growth. He recognized their endurance during persecution verses 5 through 10, and encourage them to keep trusting God. So in some ways, 2 Thessalonians summarizes Paul's message in 1 Thessalonians. While shorter than the first epistle, Paul reviewed much of his earlier teaching and also provided practical instruction for living out the faith worthy of the Savior. So the circumstances that Paul addressed in <clears throat> this letter to the Thessalonians uh, needed to be addressed may, need to be addressed today as well. We can see a lot of these things going on in our current situation, current society in the churches of the 21st century. So he begins by expressing thankfulness. So look at the first section is 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. We'll listen for ways that Paul expressed thankfulness to God for the Thessalonians. And we're going to notice Paul thanked God for the church. Uh, his focus was expressing gratitude to God for the church. So in... 2 Thessalonians, beginning with verse 3, we read, we, we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because 
your faith is growing more and more, and the love of all of you, the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, Paul writes, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. Paul desired to be with them, uh, but it just wasn't happening. Uh, he was still thankful. Uh, being thankful for or, or expressing gratitude is much easier to do when everything is going the, the way we plan. But it gets much more difficult when things don't go as planned. So looking at notes in the Life Application Bible on this section, he, he begins with that the thought we, you ought, uh, ought is the concept of doing uh, what is right. Paul is reassuring the Thessalonians that uh, his giving thanks to God for them is both legitimate and necessary in the face of their concern caused by misunderstanding the Lord's return. Remember, they were they were thinking the Lord was going to come any day, and they were afraid that if they were still alive and the Lord returned, that they would they would get left. But he clarifies that in the first book he writes. Specifically, he gives thanks for their increasing faith and love. He doesn't mention hope in his description of them as he did in 1 Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and love. Hope is not mentioned, which may suggest that the Thessalonians were in need of it. They needed hope. Uh, the fact that their love for one another is increasing is an answer to Paul's prayer uh, as he writes in 1 Thessalonians 3, may the Lord make, you, make your love increase and overflow. And so now in 2 Thessalonians, he's referring to their love. Uh, in verse 4, the Thessalonians were so highly thought of that Paul and his co-workers boasted about them to the other churches uh, of God concerning their steadfastness and their faith uh, and the context of unrelenting and severe persecution. He mentions that persecution in the first book. He says they're going through much persecution, much affliction. It was one of the reasons Paul left as early as he did after three weeks. Focusing on the word boast, um, I want to explain that it means to speak proudly of another concerning specific accomplishments. Note that the scripture speaks clearly that God opposes proud, the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Um, looking at a couple of passages in James chapter 4, verse 6, uh, he, the second end of that verse, he says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Uh, Peter writes in 1 Peter 5, 5, he says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because, and again, he quotes, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. So let me clarify that the, the object of Paul's boasting 
was not the people, but rather what God was doing in and through the church family. Paul assured the Thessalonian believers that their suffering was not in vain. So we look at the second section, Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. As I read, listen for how Paul assured the Thessalonians that they would see justice and relief at the return of Jesus. Verse 5. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and will give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in the blazing fire and the power of angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might on the day uh, that he comes to be glorified in the holy place and to be marveled at among all those who believe. This includes you because you believed our testimony to you. Well, looking at notes in the ESV study Bible, um, this whole section is referred to justice is guaranteed when Jesus returns. So we, uh, in other words, uh, vengeance will be accomplished when the Lord returns. The wicked, Scripture describes, will be punished and the righteous will be vindicated. So in verse 5, the, Th the Thessalonians' endurance and faith under persecution constitute evidence of the righteousness of, of the righteous judgment of God since God is granting them the grace to endure, he is clearly on their side and is working to take uh, to make them worthy for entrance into the kingdom of God. And so we, we understand in, in Philippians 1.28, where the Philippian Christians' fearless perseverance in persecution is proof that they will be saved and their enemies destroyed when Jesus returns. So looking at verse six and the first part of verse seven, no one can doubt the fairness of God's judgment when he dispenses justice according to lectilis, uh, lectilin, uh, in other words, uh, the, the principle of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Uh, those now afflicting uh, the Thessalonian church will be afflicted, Paul says. And the, the afflicted be believers will get relief at the second coming. The Thessalonians are not alone with respect to their suffering for Christ 
or their destiny when Jesus returns. The just judgment of God comes, verse 7, the second half, that just judgment of God comes in fullness at the second coming when the Lord Jesus is revealed from the heaven. We read about that in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. Jesus is called Lord, which identifies him as Yahweh. Uh, He is the Lord who executes final judgment. So in verse 8, in the flaming fire, Jesus, the judge, will be awesome and devastating, and he will instill fear in the hearts of unbelievers. So we read in Isaiah 66, verses 15 and 16, See, the Lord is coming with fire, and his chariots are like a whirlwind. He will bring down his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For with fire and with his sword, the Lord will execute judgment on all people, and many will be those slain in the Lord. In Daniel uh, chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, uh, says, As I looked, the thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and and its wheels were ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him, and the count was seated, and the books were opened. So verse 9, when Jesus comes again, unbelievers will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction, a ruinous and unending judgment of separation from Jesus. We see that spoken of in Matthew 25, verse 46. Then they will go away to the eternal punishment, but the righteous to to eternal life. So also in verse 10, when he comes, that phrase, uh, the, the punishment of unbelievers and the reward of believers will occur on that day of the Lord that day when Jesus comes to save his people, Jesus will at that time be glorified in his saints, and that, and that is his glory will, will be seen in them. Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 8, verses 17 and following. So that phrase, and we've talked about this many times, that phrase, saint, Uh, It literally means holy ones. Believers will be fully and finally transformed so that they are holy and blameless at the second coming. In addition, Jesus will be marveled at among all who have believed. Paul assures or assumes 
that the Thessalonian Christians are included in this group. So he writes, because our testimony to you was believed. And so to proclaim the gospel is to, to bear testimony to the saving act of God in Christ. Paul followed these words about hard times with a simple heartfelt prayer for the believers. And we look at that prayer in the last section, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Paul's prayer in this, these verses reveals his heart of compassion and love for the church at Thessalonica. Verse 11, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, looking at verses 11 and 12, as Christians, our calling from God is to become like Christ. Some descriptions are they were, they were called little, little Christ, or that's where the word Christian comes from. So Romans 8, 29, for, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So this gradual lifelong process that will be completed when we see Christ face to face is seen in 1 John Chapter 3, verse 2, Dear friends, John writes, Now we are children of God, and that we will be uh, has not yet, been, uh, not yet been known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So to be worthy, I put those, that word in, quotation marks, to be worthy of this calling to be like Christ means to want to do what is right and good as Christ would do. We, we aren't perfect yet, but we are moving in that direction as God works his will and purpose in us. Well, there's some important lessons here. We can thank God for the example he sets by faithful believers. We can thank God for the people that have gone on before us who have modeled what it means to be like Christ and how they have influenced our life. We, we can trust justice will be established at the return of Jesus. Life is not fair and people don't treat us fairly, but, but God God will make things right. And finally, we can bring honor to Jesus. Uh, and we should do that. 
And it should be our goal to bring honor to Jesus uh, all the days of our life. So as we close this lesson, thank Christ for the example set by many faithful believers who've gone on before you and pray that we will remain focused on him and be faithful to him and be examples to others as well. Well, I close with a, a lovely little song. You'll notice the song is entitled, He Leadeth Me. You'll notice uh, that the second verse describes God leading in times of blessing as well as difficulty. Verse one, he leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught, whate'er I do, where'er I be, still God's hand that leadeth me. And then the refrain is, he leadeth me, he leadeth me. By his own hand, he leadeth me, his faithful follower, I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. And then verse two says, sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes where Eden's bowers bloom, by water still or troubled sea still, tis God's hand that leadeth me. And again, the refrain, he leadeth me, he leadeth me, O blessed, by his own hand he leadeth me, by his faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you for the way you work in and through our lives, how you lead us even through the difficult times. And we praise you and glorify you for the way you accomplish your will and purpose in our lives. Keep us faithful, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.